never failed me yet. Praise the Lord. Thank you all again. I meant to mention this during the prayer time, but I was going to mention the country of Syria because I'm going to talk about when Lana and I went to Israel several years ago. And I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, I thought about it this week as they made the decision to go into Syria, United Kingdom and France and then the United States. Most of you know that in the news from last week, the bombing and chemical warfare that went on in Syria. But I've never been more proud of some football players University of Alabama football players, if y'all know that what I'm about to talk about, a lot of you are not. I'm an Auburn fan, but I hollered roll tide when they did this. But Scott, the young man that was a kicker, you know, and they was because they were won the national championship, got to go see the president. And if you don't know, uh, one of the players, the kicker, came up and tapped the president because I didn't know you could do that. I thought he might get shot, but anyway, he tapped him and whispered into his ear if you saw the scene, and they communicated and. Trump agreed, and so then about 40 players gathered around and laid hands on President Trump and prayed for him. I thought about that as he had to make decisions this week, and I'm hoping that that prayer had a profound effect on him. Again, that was just a beautiful moment. This morning's sermon title is Breakfast by the Sea. Y'all know that I have preached many times from John 21. I have some favorite chapters in the Bible, but chapter 21 gospel of John is way up there in my life just remind you that Jesus has risen from the dead this is the third time that he showed himself to the disciples the scene is if you recall and I want to encourage you to read the whole chapter I'm going to read just a few verses I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit they have gone fishing the disciples have part of them that was their trade and Maybe because they're still kind of confused and they're not sure what God is pulling off here and they're not sure what Jesus is doing even though they'd seen him twice. This is the third time he showed himself to them. And they're out there fishing. You know, he hollers and, you know, anytime anybody goes fishing, hey, you caught anything? And that's what we still ask. Every generation asks that. So Jesus hollered out across the water. We think they were probably about 100 yards off water. Sound carries. They holler back. We ain't caught nothing. Been fishing all night. Haven't caught anything guy standing on the shore whom they still don't recognize cast your nets on the other side they were too iffy but they did it when they pull in the nets were about to break in fact it tells us how many fish because that's the next question we ask when somebody goes fishing you caught him how many did you catch well the bible tells us they caught 153 why that detail I think part of it is just remind us that somebody was an eyewitness to know that the nets didn't break and know exactly that they caught 153 fish. Now Simon Peter realizes what's going on. And so he jumps in the water and starts swimming. They're dripping wet because he realizes it's Jesus. And then there's a campfire of coals laying on the shore there. And Jesus living God is preparing breakfast for these uncertain disciples now it wasn't jacks there was no jacks in Israel at that time I doubt there's one in there but they were having breakfast together just like we do fellowship and being together and so that's the scene 
When Lana and I were in Israel in 2015, many of you were with us, we landed in Tel Aviv, but then we traveled north and we we stayed the first few nights in Tiberias. Sometimes in the Bible it's described not only just the Sea of Galilee, but Tiberias is right there on the Sea of Galilee, so sometimes it's referred to as the Sea of Tiberias. That's where we stayed the night, and uh, just to remind you in the news that if you you got Tel Aviv down here, we drove north to the Sea of Galilee, it goes down to the Jordan River, and it flows into the Dead Sea, and Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River nearer down to the Dead Sea. If you can picture in your mind the Sea of Galilee up here, and I've got a picture here that I keep in my office, and... Uh, the mountains are up above here. Jordan is off this way, and kind of to the to the northeast would be Syria, the same Syria that's in the news this week. And so, may or not know any details, but the, it's a freshwater lake, the Sea of Galilee. It's about 13 miles or so long, eight miles wide, 64 square mile, and at its fullest. And I'm sure they told us all this, but I had forgotten it. Its maximum depth is 141 feet. I forget about it being that deep. But I was blessed to get to teach a lesson on one of the boats that went out into the Sea of Galilee. And, uh, of course, they all teased me and they were waiting for me to walk on water. That never did happen. But I did get to teach a lesson on that boat, which was pretty, pretty neat. I was blessed to be able to do that. While we were on the boat, I asked our guide, Mike, I said, uh, you know the scene in John 21 where Jesus, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're at the campfire. And I said, yeah, is, is that near somewhere around here? And he said, yes, we're going there tomorrow. And I said, well, show me where they think about where that, that breakfast took place. I want to know about it. And so I'll tell you what happened in just a moment. I'm going to show the pictures to the students. This picture hangs in my office it is a picture of Jesus. He's calling the disciples. It's probably not the scene where he had breakfast. More than likely, it's the scene where he called them and said, follow me. When I sit in my office, straight across from my desk, I look at this every day. That's straight across when I'm looking into it. And so I oftentimes stop and hear him say, follow me. Because when he told them to follow him, that never stopped the rest of the journey. In fact, in John 21, if you read the rest of it, after the scene we're about to talk about, Jesus still told Simon Peter, follow me. So here's a bit of John 21. This is verse 9 and 10, and then we'll read verses 15, 16, and 17. Then as soon as they had come to land, again, Peter swam. The rest of them are coming up. They're dragging the nets, 153 fish. They saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Now, I've never had fish for breakfast personally, but they liked it. Verse 10, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you've just caught. Any of us that fish, and I do, I cleaned some crappie the other day. They just taste better when you clean them and eat them. So Jesus said, bring some of the fish to me. Verse 15. So when they had finished eating breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, son of Jonah, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, then feed my lambs. In other words, do something about that love. Jesus said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then tend my sheep. 
said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter kind of grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? But he said, Lord, you know all things and, and you know, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, do something about that rock. Feed my sheep. The next day, after I taught on a lesson, I, Mike brought us to the area where he thought the campfire was. And uh, he said it was probably somewhere around here. And so Lana and I, we went on the shore and, and I took my shoes off and I took my socks off and we rolled our britches legs up and we kind of waded in the water. And I tried to imagine there in that scene what it must have felt like for Simon Peter to be asked three times the most important question in the world. Three times because there's no other question. And he's waiting for his response. And Jesus just asked that question. Some of you know when God was calling me in the ministry, I've shared this before. I won't go into full detail, but 86, 87, during that time, we had a picture hanging in our den. And a lot of times I would stand there and, and I would hear Jesus and the guy holding the lamb. And I would hear him say, to me, not Simon, do you love me, but Harvey, do you love me? <laughs> you know I love you. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, do something about that love. And that happened many, many nights in the wee hours of the night. That's why the John 21 part of why it's so special to me. But another reason it's so special to me, because of all the things that the risen Son of God could have been doing. I mean, think about it. He's just died for the sins of the world. He's risen from the dead, God incarnate. He's walking around, and, and I'm thinking... Surely he's got some important things. He's going to wipe out Syria. I mean, he's living God. He's going to do something powerful. He fixes breakfast? Yeah. To me, it's one of the most beautiful pictures of God Almighty that comes to us right where we're at and has breakfast with us. We've been studying in Isaiah. I read the words of grace earlier and I tie them in this way. I read all of it, Isaiah 55, because a couple of these phrases you probably heard, but you might not have realized they came from Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, 6 through 9. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. In other words, don't miss those opportunities. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. All the way back, the testament of God. Aren't we glad we serve a God who says return to me? Praise God he lets us return. Return to me. And he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. And then here's the phrase you may have heard. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Again, I go back to that scene. If I, you know, 
if I'd have been God, I'd have, I'd have been doing something different if I'd just risen from the dead and died for the entire world. I wouldn't have been fixing breakfast or something. But see, that's God. His ways are so much better than ours, so much higher. His thoughts and his understanding of what we need is so greater than we even know ourselves. Because everything that he did in that moment and everything we read through the book is that he wants a personal relationship with us. What a picture of God. This portion of Isaiah 44, Isaiah 55, 56, it concludes with a divine invitation. It's an invitation of grace. It's an appeal to the exiles because they've been in exile. But it's appealed to them to seek Yahweh and return to him. God reminds the people that their deliverance, their pardon, their deliverance is beyond human comprehension. Because we serve a God whose ways and thoughts are just so greater than ours. Let me ask you some questions. Has God ever said to you, come to me? I quoted this last Sunday. It was Matthew eleven twenty-eight. One of the most beautiful words God has ever spoken to you and me. Come. Come to me. All you who are labor are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Has God ever said to you, come to me? Has God ever invited you to return to him? I wish I could tell these young people. I've, I've never had to do that too often, but man, I've had to a lot. Because of my life and my sinfulness. God says, return to me. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God who wants to have breakfast with us. Return to me. Has Jesus ever asked you, do you love me? Do you love me? And in Isaiah 55, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. You see, God is calling his people back to him because of relationship. And the rest of your journey will be connected to the most important question that Jesus ever asked. I think he still asks us the same question. Do you love me? And then our response to that question from Jesus is the only question that will matter. You remember when they asked Jesus, what's, what's the greatest commandment of them all? And, of course, he quoted the Shema, Deuteronomy, 6th chapter, verses 4 and 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall... And you know it. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And this statement is repeated in all four of the Gospels and is reminded to us in the New Testament that it's the only commandment that really matters. In it, if we can respond to it, all the law and all the prophets will be fulfilled in it. Jesus said, that's pretty powerful. So, yes, it's a good question. But the only question that matters. And all that God has said through the prophet Isaiah has been about relationship that he wanted with the chosen people of Israel. It wasn't that they were such great and more wonderful people than anybody else. It's that God had chosen to reveal himself to the entire world through them. All he wanted was relationship. It's always been that way. It's still that way. Dr. John Oswald was a professor I had at Asbury, and he, he wrote a uh, written volumes on Isaiah, and he said this about relationship with Oswald. The Father, through Christ, by the Holy Spirit, 
has made provision for every need the human heart possesses. Say that again. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has made provision for every need that the human heart possesses. He has given us a full pardon of sin. He has shown us what he really is longing for, a fulfilling relationship with him. And he has made such a relationship fully available. He's promised strength for every trial, grace for every day, and a joyous welcome home at the end of the journey. They sang a song reminding me of that, softly and tenderly. Jesus was coming. We sang that as well. Come home. Come home. It's about relationship. All the way back to Genesis, we mess up by the third chapter. The rest of the book is about God trying to restore relationship. When he hollered out, Adam, Adam, where are you? Remember, they had walked in the cool of the day with God. Adam, where are you? God wasn't confused. He knew exactly where Adam was, but he also knew where he wasn't. The relationship had been broken, and God knew that. And so he's planned everything out from then to restore relationships. That's why God goes and has breakfast with these guys. Because all he wants is relationship. That's it. That's what he wants with you. He wants relationship. So the next time Jesus is near and he asks you, do you love me? Be ready to respond. Because what he wants is you. What he wants is relationship. Maybe salvation. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe sanctifying work of God's spirit. But you need to return to me. You need my spirit. You can't, you can't continue on this journey without my effort. Turn to me, I'll sanctify you with my spirit. It may be in restoration. Maybe you've done something you know. Boy, I need pardon. I need some deliverance. I need some restoration. Everything he does is about that. Because his ways are so much greater than our ways and his thoughts so much greater than ours. That our God would dare in the middle of rising from the dead sit down and have breakfast with us and ask us, do you love me? Let's pray. God, we love you today. And in the areas of our life where we don't, and I've, I've got to, where I have to keep hearing the question just like Peter did repeatedly. I have to hear it over and over again. But thank you for asking and waiting for us to respond. So we praise you today and we love you and we thank you, God, for that campfire. Remind us that, that that moment, that God moment, is for us as well. So help us respond to your word that we've heard today. And help us to answer that question. Do you love me? We pray this in Christ's name. Our closing hymn is Just As I Am. It's hymn number 357. I think I marked in the bulletin we'll sing verse 1 and 4 and 5 and 6. So verse 